Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylife Church Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org.au. And I'm going to give you about 10 seconds to turn to the person next to you and tell them what is one of your passions in life. Ready, set, go. Okay, stop. Okay. Is that good? Did you hear somebody? It's lovely to have passions in life, isn't it? One of the passions, I'm a very passionate person, for those of you that know me. Passionate about lots of things, but what I've been thinking when I was preparing a message, I thought, I'm really passionate about well-being and wholeness. It's one of those things that just drives me. And if you're not sure what you're passionate about, listen to what you talk about a lot your conversations with people, what you Google a lot. And if you're old-fashioned like me, you go to the library. What section? There, what? Books, Chris, books. You open them and you turn them and you read them. Um, I take your child to the library, so she's learning about books, okay? Um, What section of the library? Whatever. The digital generation, I know. What section in the library you find yourself going to? It might be cooking, gardening, I don't know. But I'm invariably, there I am in the relationship section or the well-being section. So I'm just really passionate about it. So I've been thinking, life is all about balance. So in today's message, I'm calling biblical wellness. Okay, and I believe life's all about balance. When, like your car. When I don't know much about cars, just ask Greg, I know nothing about cars, but I know when your wheel's out of balance or if it's flat, you kind of hear this clonk, clonk, it starts veering off. Life's a bit like that. And if we lose balance in the different areas of our life, your life gets a bit clunky and it doesn't quite go the way you want and the wheels might fall off. So I've got some good pictures for you, okay? Ready? Yay! You don't want to be like that. Hey, look at those. How's the guy on the left? Imagine the landing, I don't know, probably is Photoshop, but hey, it looks good. And life is all about balance. Just ask these guys how important balance is. Look at those. This was a girl competing in the Olympics. She lost her balance, the little kid, trying to ride his balance bike. How about the guy, tightrope walking across Niagara Falls. Balance, very, very important. He's a contortionist, pretty cool, hey? This guy is riding a unicycle with his mouth. Balance, very important. Okay. All right, so focus. We might get rid of those, Greg, because I'll just keep looking at those pictures. The Bible has a lot to say about living in wholeness and wellness and balance. And this is the kind of the mess, the, from the Message Bible. I love this Psalm 119.80. It says this, And let me live whole and holy, soul and body, so I can always walk with my head held high, whole and holy. Do you like that? Whole and holy. Yeah. And in, in 3 John 2, John's writing a letter to his friend and he says this, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. They wa- Jesus wants us and God wants us to be well in our, in our soul. And I believe that if we can get our lives in balance with God's design, 
then we can live that abundance we talk about and then begin to influence others. But we are more than a physical body. We're spirit beings, but the Bible teaches that we have a soul and we live in a body. It's a bit of argument. When you start looking up body, soul, spirit, are we three, are we two? I don't know. There's a bit of a debate. I didn't even know it went on. Apparently so. But in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, I think there's your answer. And may the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray that your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. All three. So the Bible says in Genesis that we are made in God's image. And if God is three in one, Father, God, Holy Spirit, and if we're made in his image, well, we must be three in one as well. And if we're going to talk about biblical wellness, then we need to address the whole person, not just the bit that we can see. Okay, so it's easy to distinguish our physical body from our soul and our spirit because it's the physical body we see. It's our five senses. It's the part we can touch, we can all see. But our spirit or our, uh, our soul and our soul is quite tricky because you can't see it. It's the invisible part of us. But it's our spirit that we connect with the spiritual realm and our soul we connect with our emotions and our mental part of us. Much harder to divide between soul and spirit because they're the two bits you can't see. But the word says in Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even by dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So today, guess what? You're not going to sit there and listen to me yak on. Greg and the team down the front, get with it. I've got a hundred pieces of paper. I hope there's enough. You each are going to get a form. Grab a pen in your bag if you've got one, ladies, or in your pocket. If you need a pen, put your hand up. This is an interactive session. So if you thought you were just going to sit and look at your phone or have a sleep, send your emails, whatever you do in church, I don't know, especially the back row because we can't see you up there. You're mistaken. Today there's a bit of homework for you. Um, And it's not to take home to do, it's to do right this morning. We're going to be looking at all the three parts of us. And now you're not to jump ahead and read ahead. Some of you are probably already reading to the end. Just, I will talk you through the whole process. Because sometimes I think we can come to church, we listen, we go, yeah, yeah, that was good. Walk away. Never do anything about it again. So I want you to be thinking. And when you write something down, you actually have to think it first. Hence the practical exercise of it today. So are we all done? We all got our bits of paper and a pen. I hope I've got enough. If we haven't, well, you might have to just share with your partner next to you. But it's best if you do have your own. Okay, all done? All settled? Good stuff. I'm going to pray before we start. I want you to pray with me. Father God, I thank you that you love each one of us here, Lord God, and you want us to be whole and healthy. Healthy and whole in every way, Lord God. So as we just begin to delve into how you've created us, Lord God, I just pray that um, you would shine your light into areas 
in all of our lives, Lord, that need just that little bit of adjusting to keep us balanced so that we can live that abundant life that you promise us, Jesus. And we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. So we ready? Okay. Physical body, the first one. Each of us has been given as a physical body that houses our soul. It's referred to in the Bible as the temple where the Holy Spirit lives. It's our responsibility to look after it well. And in 1 Corinthians 16, 9, 6, 19, do you not know that the bodies, are, your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. So three areas, body, soul, spirit, and within each of those areas, we're quickly going to look at three. When I got into this, I thought, oh my gosh, I've opened it like a Pandora's box. Every one of them, I could do a message on each everyone. So it's only a skim across the different areas, okay? Um, and there's so much more I could say, but I've got to keep to tra- task. Exercise. First one in the body. We all need, don't write down anything yet. I'll give you a space when I'm finished to write something down, okay? So don't go jumping ahead of me, okay? We all know we have to move more to keep our body strong and healthy. Some of us love it. Hands up all the exercise lovers. Ah. Hands up all the couch potatoes, those that hate it. Oh, it's pretty even. Use it or lose it refers to many things, but it certainly does to muscles because they do need to be strengthened, especially as we get older. Exercise does not mean that you have to put your liker on and go to the gym and work out. Gregory, no, you don't have to do that. It's great if you do, and I, I, I take my hat off to you. I think it's fantastic. But don't think that exercise equates gym and all that stuff. It's not that at all. It's great if you can do that, but walking or doing things you enjoy is really, really important. Playing sport, as long as you're moving and getting your body moving. Exercise is great for lifting your mood as it releases endorphins, those feel-good hormones. People that struggle with depression often are advised to get daily exercise. So, okay, you're going to have a moment now. I want you to think quickly about your own physical activity. Jot something down there. Are you happy with it? Because when we're doing this exercise, I want you to look at where you are now and where you'd rather be, where you think you should be, and how you're going to get there. Now, don't put something silly down like, yes, I'm going to run a marathon next week if you don't even walk a kilometre today, okay? Be reasonable, be, just have a think for a moment. Don't let age stop you or your current state of life. All right. We've all got different shapes, bodies, sizes, and it's not all about looking like each other. It's not all looking like a size eight stick figure, Okay. God's created us different and we need to learn to love the body that he's given us. I'm going to give a quick plug for a night coming up for our women and all your friends. In June, we've got a night, girls, called This Is Me and it's a night about body image. Fantastic. We've got an Australian DVD to show you, personal testimonies and we really want you to bring friends along and girls maybe about 15 plus. So they're out on the um, Connect desk I'll talk more about that later, but I just wanted to give that a plug. Okay, moving on to the next one, diet. You are what you eat. It's a pretty true statement. Food is fuel for our bodies. And like a car, we need to put good, clean fuel 
for it to function effectively. Now, I'm not saying you all have to go on a radical diet. I'm not telling you to do anything today. I'm just putting things out there for you to consider. But it's a good to look sometimes at what we do put in our mouth. It's heaps of information, almost too much information about food nowadays, what you should eat, what you shouldn't eat, da-da-da. But I think God's given us lots of plants and animals that we can eat. And in this part of the world, there's certainly no shortage of food. In fact, I think many of the problems we have with our physical health comes from too much food or the wrong type of food. But I think if you can eat food as natural as possible, as close to natural as possible, most of the time you'll be fueling your body well. We live in an age where food goes through so much processing and so much modification. I don't think it's quite as nutritional as it used to be. Certainly some foods we shouldn't eat all the time. All the chocolate lovers, it's great to eat. I'm not saying don't eat it, just don't eat it all the time. Everything in moderation. There's quite a few diseases, chronic diseases, that they're realising are a product of what we eat. Things like diabetes, type 2, etc. And have a think about this. Um, Try fasting your body for 12 hours every night. If you go, say, 8 o'clock till 8 o'clock. Don't eat late at night. Your body needs lots of time to digest its food. If you do nothing else today but try 12 hours without eating, I think you'll be doing yourself a favour. Families are time poor nowadays. Everybody's working, rushing, grabbing takeaway food. It's not good for us. We know that. It's okay every now and then. But um, So now it's time to just take a stock of diet. Jot down anything you think you might need to change. What about your drinking? It's okay to have a drink, alcohol drink. But what's the level of your alcohol activity at the moment? Is it too high? Do you need to make some changes? Have you always wanted to give up smoking? You've been saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do that. Maybe today you need to begin that journey. Okay, I'll just give you that second to do that. Going on to sleep is the third part of looking after our body. Sleep and well-being go hand in hand. Getting a good night's sleep is just as important to your overall health as eating and exercising. Think of your body like a factory. As you drift off to sleep, your body begins its night shift work, healing damaged cells, boosting your immune system, recovering from the day's activities, recharging your heart and cardiovascular system. How clever is God that he makes a body that just like plugs into a recharge while you're asleep? It's amazing. Experts agree that we need about seven to eight hours sleep a night. If you're not getting this, then your body's not functioning at its peak. So your turn to have a little think about how much sleep you're getting. Are you sitting up till all hours of the night, all the wee hours of the morning working? Computer screens, they say, aren't great for us um, before we go to bed. The, the light that comes off them is not good for setting up sleep patterns. Stress can keep you from sleeping. How much stress is going on in your life at the moment? The Bible talks a lot about rest being so important, but sometimes in this busy 21st century living, we don't take enough time to just rest and sleep well. Okay, so that's the first part of our being, the, the, um, the body. And to sum it up, I've got move more, eat less, and get enough sleep. There you go, in a nutshell.
I love things in a nutshell. <laughs> okay, moving on to the soul. Oh, this is a biggie. Let's just stay parked right here. The soul is the bridge between our physical self and our spiritual self. It consists of our thoughts, our emotions, and our willpower that exist in the brain. We hear a lot more about mental health nowadays because we have a lot more people suffering anxiety and depression, I think, than ever before. Some of us, I think, can get stuck in our soul realm. We can get stuck in our faulty thinking or out-of-control emotions or our lack of self-discipline in our decision-making. So quickly, we'll have a look at their mind. The Bible's full, particularly in Psalms and Proverbs, about filled with God's advice to our mental state. So important we look after our mental state, our mental self, because it controls our decision-making, which is so important. In Isaiah 26.3, we read, You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. A steadfast mind, that's what we all need, hey? And you know what? You don't have to think about whatever pops into your mind. Did you know that? The thoughts that come into your mind, you don't actually have to think about them. As Christians, we can filter that stuff that comes into our mind and the Bible tells us to take captive thoughts put themselves up against what God would want for us. So all those thoughts that will come into your mind, I know every day it's with my, my brain. If you could see inside my brain, you'd be like, this all the time. But I've had to learn to actually take control of what's going on in my mind and go, no, I'm not thinking about that. But then, as Joyce Meyer says, empty space is still a space. So you can hold that thought captive, get rid of it, but there's still a space there. So fill it with what God's word tells you that's what the bible talks about renewing your mind in romans 12 1 renew it with the word of god so we can be renewed by reading the word of god allowing his truths to bring change and we take captives that stuff so it takes a bit of practice so this week even maybe be a little bit more conscious of what actually goes on in your mind and what you're thinking about and how you can actually take control of that what goes into our mind comes very much through our senses, from what we hear, what we see. It's good to examine what we're looking at a lot of the time, what television we're watching, what we're reading, all that stuff we're Googling. I don't know, all that stuff's going into your brain all the time and can influence you. I had a thought. I had a lot of talk about HDMI cords and video cords and in our house for the last few weeks because we've had all dramas with these data projectors since the storm went. But I had this thought. Hey, what if you plugged a HDMI cord into your brain and it plugged into the video projector and it started showing on the screen? <gasps> what would you be like? Would you all be squirming? Oh, yeah. You would, wouldn't you? You're like, oh, my gosh. Imagine your thoughts all... Mine would be up there. They'd be just flashing all over the place. You wouldn't even be able to see them. But um, that's a scary thought. Scary thought. Keep that in mind. Our minds can affect our overall well-being. So it's really important that we look after our mind. And this Philippians 4, 8 and 9 is a great, great verse. But in the message it says this, Summing it all up, friends, I'd say you do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, 
things to praise, not to curse. Put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that, and God who makes everything work together will work you into his most excellent harmonies. Isn't that a beautiful piece of scripture? I love the way that's, that's put. But it takes discipline, so time to jot down. How's your thoughts? Are they anxious, negative, critical, confused? I don't know. But if you have got something there, if there's something that has been bothering you, just just jot it down. Emotions. Emotions. And all the boys are like, all the men are like, yes, emotions. We all have emotions, not just women. (laughs) I know you blokes think us women are just emotional creatures, but we are all emotional beings. Emotions are our feelings. And they come from our mood or circumstances or relationships. We need to control our feelings or they will control us. What we often feel is reflected in our thoughts and the words we speak. Just think of that for a minute. We can feel frustrated or hurt, but it can come out as anger. Proverbs 17, 27 says a wise thing. The one who has knowledge uses words with restraint and whoever has understanding is even-tempered. The Bible talks a lot about controlling our anger and our temper. Each of us is unique, and we all deal with things differently How, when we're hurt and life experiences come our way. And I think it depends on a bit on our personality or our temperament. But what I think you do need to do is allow yourself to feel your emotions. I think the worst thing you can do is stuff your emotions down or deny them. And I don't know um, what your upbringing was like, but maybe when you were growing up, you weren't allowed to show emotion. And as an adult, that's very difficult. I know in a a marriage relationship or or any relationship, really, we need to be able to be true to our self and be emotional, but not be out of control. There's the balance again. If you're out of control and you're emotional "Ah," all the time, going crazy, is horrible. But then if you're the other way, and you're so denying stuff down your emotions and your partner never knows what you're thinking, that's really hard too. So can you see there's a, there's a real balance to be real. Unforgiveness, I think, is an area where we get stuck in our soul. People get hurt and they just shut down emotionally. They shut people out, can't move on in life. Anger often takes over and they're justified. It's okay to feel angry about being hurt by someone but you can't stay there and the other week John Morgan who was here gave such a great message on um, forgiveness you know you just don't want to get stuck there you need to allow God to heal you from the inside out you'll never become whole and holy if you're stuck in unforgiveness if you've just got that in your heart so how's your emotions not just this week or yesterday, but as a, as a general look, are you? Are you one of those people that are running a bit out of control? Or are you stuffing them down too much and not letting them out? I reckon stress will undo you in your emotions if you're not managing it well. I know for myself, um, different personalities cope with stress differently. I'm a bit of a choleric go-getter. And when I get under stress, I just go harder. Go harder and angrier. 
It's just the way it is. I don't want to be like that, but that's what happens under stress. <coughs> you might be a peaceful, phlegmatic person. It kind of goes with the flow a lot. But under stress, guess what? I guarantee you your stubbornness. Heels dig in and I'm just sticking right here. Thank you very much. And I'm not moving. See how we're, just, we're all different, but we all just cope differently. All about balance, remember? It's all about balance, not being swaying too far one way or the other. But if we don't control stress in our lives, not only does it affect our sleep, but I think it can cause illness in us. I think a lot of gut, particularly gut illnesses, um, things like ulcers and inflammation and IBS, the um, irritable bowel, I think comes from a lot of stress on your body. So it's really, really important that we learn to balance stress. And just a thought there I've written down is um, work, family life, balance. Everything in life's about balance, isn't it? I think a lot of stress comes from when you're working hard or you're working away from family or you're working long hours and you've got little kids and you're really tired and all this balance that just goes on. Just take a minute and just have a little think about where that's at. How are you doing in that and how's your family doing in that? And maybe little adjustments need to be made in that area. And I love in 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, Cast all your anxiety on the Lord because he cares for you. That's how we get rid of stress. We give it to God. We start trusting God more. We give it to him when we're worried and concerned. Sorry I can't give you heaps of time. I'd love to give you heaps of time to fill all this in, but we'll never get through it. Um, Okay, last bit of that, the soul realm. The soul realm, we could just stay there. There's so much going on. I reckon the part of us that you see every day is the soul realm. And it's a biggie. It's a real big one. Could go down so many areas of balance and imbalance. But um, just for time's sake, I've just had to choose a few areas. Going on to our will. We've had our mind, our emotions, and now our will. Our will consists of those endless urges, cravings, wants, and desires we have in life. And if we surrender to these, we can find ourselves way off track to where God would want us to be. And I think Jesus urges us as his disciples, as he did his own disciples, in the Lord's Prayer. We all know this bit. And it says, this then, he says to his disciples, this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Surrendering to God's will every day is something we need to do. Is it easy? No, it's not. It sounds sounds really easy from up here. Yeah, just surrender it all to God. You know, your will be done, God. But when you've got stuff going on in your world and in your family, it's really hard to let it go and give it to God. But ultimately, as Christians, we do have to live our lives with God in control. So what do you need to surrender today? What's going on in your world that you've just been, been trying to push it through in your own strength? Maybe it's time to just give it up to God. Maybe it's that child that's just been way off track for so long and you've done everything you can do to bring him or she back, but just maybe surrendering to God is something you need to do. And it's really important, I think, too, just before I finish the soul, is to nurture your soul. I think sometimes we can just get caught in the 
treadmill of life, the rat race that goes on, we just go, 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 go. But I think it's really important that you find something in life that nourishes and nurtures your soul. Psalm 23 talks about restoring your soul by the still waters. I don't know what it is for you. Maybe it's fishing. We live around lots of water, walk along the beach, bike ride, I don't know, whatever it is. For me, it's just stopping and reading a, a good novel or doing some craft. I love my craft. I can't believe how my craft, says all the craft people, Hannah's like, yes. I know a lot of people don't get it, but there's something when I do craft it does something inside of me I really enjoy it you know it could be anything but make sure you find that thing for you that restores your soul we can't just work go 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 all the time because all we'll do is fall flat on our face and we're no good to God then are we so look for that thing that nurtures your soul so to sum up the soul think on purpose control your emotions and surrender your will to God three areas Okay, now the spirit. So I bought my spirit level because that's what you do. Hey, yeah, I know. Got to bring it out. I love that it's called a spirit level. Like, yes, I can use this today. You all know what a spirit level is? Do you all? Hands up if you don't know what this is. I do do know what it is. (gasps) The guys up the back don't know. It's... A thing you use, it's an instrument, not a thing, it's an instrument you use, a tool, whatever, and it's got a little bit of liquid here. I'm very good at explaining, aren't I? It tells you if something's level. And it's got a bubble in it, and the bubble has to sit in the middle, Andy, doesn't it? So, if you're putting up a picture on the wall, or you're making something and you don't want it to look like this, you get your spirit level out and you do it so the bubble gets in the middle. Okay, is that, no, no, oh, here, no, you wouldn't want to do it here. But I want, I love this analogy. Andy, you built it, so hey, don't look at me. So why I wanted you, probably all got one of these in the garage, all you blokes would, you probably love these things. But what I wanted to do is I reckon with a spirit, because it's a spirit level, we need to have the spirit of God central in our life. He needs to be the bubble in the middle. Do you like that? Yeah. So you can be a really cool, muscly body man or have the best body in the world and um, eat, do all those things we talked about. You might be really whole in your emotions, you know, share all your emotions with everybody and think all the right thoughts. But I reckon if you haven't got your spirit connected with God, you're still going to be wonky. And you see people, their lives, they've got great lives. But there's something missing. The spiritual part of their being is not being connected to God. And I think it's the missing link. So next time you look at your spirit level, you'll look at it differently, won't you? I want you to kind of go, mm, okay. So God in the middle. He's the leveler. Let me just see if this is level. Oh, very good. Yes, it is. Very good. Okay. So the spirit is the element of our humanity that connects us to God. Whenever the word spirit is used, it refers to the immaterial part of us that you can't see that connects us to God, who himself is spirit. Spirit to spirit. And to have this intimate connection with God, the Bible talks about, we need to be reborn spiritually. Okay? So we can't, 
in this great passage in the scripture, I'm not even sure where it is. Oh, it's probably in John. Here we go. Uh, he talks about being reborn. And he says this, Jesus says, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. So we're born firstly from our mother and we're born physically. And then when we connect with God, we are reborn spiritually. Does that make sense? And when we are reborn spiritually, our sinful nature is forgiven and God breathes life, new life into us and we become a new creation. And then I think our job is to tell others about our spiritual journey so they too connect with God. So when we're spiritually reborn, God gives us gifts to be used to build his kingdom on earth. Now these spiritual gifts, they're not for you. They're not for you to look amazing and be the best in everything. They're to build his church which until something else changes, the church is the vehicle that we use to allow people to come and meet God as best we can, to find their way to God. When you discover your spiritual gifts, there's something inside of you and you begin operating them that everything seems to click together. There's a fulfillment that comes that I can only explain. It's like, yes, this is what I was born to do. I feel great when I'm operating in these gifts. So my question for you on your sheet is, do you know your spiritual gifts? And if you do, are you operating in them? And if you're not, well, why not? Okay, so there could be a journey for some of you to find out. You might go, oh, I don't know what they are. They're things like the gift of prophecy. And that um, workshop we had just a few weeks ago with Pastor Murray was terrific. He pushed very hard on people to really see if that gift was there and the gift was activated in quite a few people. Maybe not everybody, but some people, even in in Tristan, our daughter, I kind of knew she had a bit of a prophetic gift because she's been busy raising children for so long. We haven't seen it operating, but it just got activated and it came operating. And she's going to a new level, isn't she, Chris? So good. Whether it's leadership, whether it's your gift of mercy, helps, lots of them. Come and talk to us afterwards if um, you don't know what your spiritual gifts are and we can help you with that. Fruit. So we've got gifts of the Spirit and we've got fruit. When we're living our lives in step with the Spirit of God and led by Him, the Bible tells us there'll be fruit in our lives. You should all know these, are okay? You're going to recite them with me, those of you that know them. Galatians 5.22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. They're a good indicator. It's sort of if you're thinking, gee, how am I going in life? All you've got to do is sit down and look at those and go, <laughs> tick, cross. And look, all of us could do with more of each of these Remember, people are looking at you, you the Christian in their life. They're looking at the fruit in your life to see whether you are genuine, to see whether this God you talk of is even worth following. So it's a bit of a challenge, isn't it? You know, maybe there's just one area there that you think, yeah, I could really do with a bit more of that. Um, so do that. Have a little bit of a think. And we're called to live in freedom and grace, but this is not a license to indulge our flesh. 
We have a spiritual enemy who would love to see you trip up and revert to your old nature and be separated from God. So to grow as a Christian, there are disciplines we need to put into our life. Disciplines of prayer, reading the word of God, times of praise and worship. They'll all strengthen your relationship to God. Keeping short accounts of God, with God, through repentance of your mistakes and forgiveness of others who've wronged you. They're all the things we need to do every single day. Not just on a Sunday, not just once a month. If you want to grow as a Christian, they're the things you need to do. Be praying, reading your word, praise and worshipping, repenting and forgiving others. And being part of a strong community of believers, but like, like the church. You need to be encouraged. Be, be around people that will encourage you in your growth. Join a life group, a smaller group of people that you can be really real with. Sometimes on a Sunday, it's just like, yeah, how you going? Oh, yeah, yeah, good, good, good. But really, oh, I'm really struggling, but I just don't want to tell everybody. But in a group of six or eight people who know you, you can be very real with people and say, yeah, I'm really struggling. Would you pray with me? And it's great to be known by others, isn't it? So a little, you can jot down something there, how you're doing spiritually. Maybe there's an area there you feel like you need to really put some effort in or grow a little bit more in. Which brings me to the last one, which is eternity. God's word tells us in Ecclesiastes 3.11, He has made everything beautiful in its time and he has also set eternity in the human heart. Every one of us, that God has made has a, a void in their heart that only he can fill. And I reckon people try to stuff it full with all sorts of things. We can try, can't we? We can fill it with people. We can fill it with possessions, with our family, all that stuff. Other religions, all sorts of things we can try to fill. But nothing fills it like a relationship with God. I think everyone in life is searching for a meaning of life. There's got to be more than just this day-to-day existence. And I reckon that it's a question people begin asking. Maybe when they're facing a serious illness, they begin. it's amazing how conversations change when someone's facing a very serious illness or someone close to them has just died. They begin to ask the questions. But the fact is, we are all going to die, every single one of us. But we have hope in Christ beyond this world. Death is not the end for man because he's an eternal spirit. Our spirit goes on to live. And we've all met so beautifully this morning, already read John 3.16, which says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. This life maybe isn't the real life. Have you ever thought of that? A bit like the Matrix really, isn't it? could be a rehearsal for the real thing, which is just is heaven. Some say, now I don't know if this is true or not. I don't know. Some say that your soul, as well as your spirit, goes with you to heaven. You agree? If this is the case, then you better get your soul well because you're going to be stuck with it for a really long time. That's true, isn't it? Okay, you've got to work on it now. This body we have now is going to not be the same body that we get, which will be really cool cool, be great, won't it? Get a new body that won't wear out. 
So your turn for the very last little bit you're going to write down there. Who in your life still needs to know about eternity with Jesus? I'm sure we've all got somebody there. Even if you just write one person, commit to praying for them and sharing the hope you have in Christ with them when you get the chance. Let's be bold about speaking up about eternity and death. It's going to happen to all of us. So why are we all tiptoe around it? I don't know. It's just our culture. But let's, let's be bold. It's too late after someone dies. I had that chance with my dad on his deathbed at 84 years old. He got about a day of being saved, I reckon, before he went to heaven. And Ray, if you don't mind, Ray, I'll just share your story. Ray's mum died only a week or so, or so ago. She was an elderly lady. And Ray really, really wanted to talk to her about God. And he left her a little tract to read and she read it. And then he was able to pray with her. So again, on a deathbed only a couple of days before going to be with God forever, she made that choice. But um, it's a shame some leave it so late, isn't it, hey? So much better to just be in relationship with God right through your life and live the life that he wants for you rather than that last minute ticket into heaven, I reckon. So I hope that you can see that it's really important to be balanced in life. Our body, our soul and our spirit to live whole and holy lives. I love that. Whole and holy. So today when you're having a cup of tea out there, talk about being whole and holy. Okay? And I've finished. I've got this Martin Luther quote, which I know you're going to love. He says this. This life, therefore, is not godliness, but becoming godly. Not health, but getting well. Not being, but becoming. Not rest, but exercise. We are not yet what we shall be, but we are growing toward it. The process is not yet finished. God's not finished with any of us yet, is he? So don't let the wheels fall off your life. Now that form, I don't want to see those forms laying on the floor, okay? Sorry, I'm getting bossy now. See the clerics coming out in me. Um, most Sundays, stuff just gets left on the floor. I want you to fold them up. Good girl, Judy, I can see you folding yours up. Putting them into your bag. Take them home. Look at them again. Put them in your Bible. And I want you to talk to someone whether it's your partner, share just even if it's one thing, one thing out of each of those three areas, how you're going to do life differently and uh, where maybe your life has become a little bit unbalanced or you're a bit stuck. And I think we'll all see ourselves moving closer and forward into God wants so we can be those influences that um, we've been talking about this year. So let me pray as we finish. Father God, Thank you, God, that you have created us in your image. And Lord, thank you for the bodies you've given us and the beautiful soul that you've given us and that our spirits are connected with you. And Lord, we just come before you today and we are, I ask, Lord, that you would just shine your light into areas of each of our lives, Lord, that just need a little bit of adjusting. Show us where we're out of balance. We just want to live our lives whole and holy for you, Lord God. So we surrender everything to you, Lord. Do what you need to do in this Holy Spirit so that we can just be those great influences that you would want for others that are yet to know you, Lord. So we just thank you for your word that renews our mind, Lord God. Thank you that we can connect to you in prayer so easily, God. You're just there when we reach out to you, Jesus. So we thank you in your precious name. Amen. Amen. There you go.
Thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Baylife Church. We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message.